So we are coming now to another extremely interesting panel on the evolution of uh, German bank finance for shipping. Uh, it's one of the main activities in the German maritime cluster and the Germany's contribution to the global industry. Uh, I would like to uh, thank uh, Caroline and her firm for sponsoring the, uh, the panel. And uh, I would like to welcome everybody. I think we have really everyone uh, who is uh, actively involved. Uh, it, it's a who's who of the German bank finance community with us. Special thanks to Philipp Brunsman of Berenberg for also sponsoring the, uh, the event and for your help, uh, uh, Philip. overall. Thank you very much. And now I will turn it over to Caroline. Uh, and again, thank you to all of you for being with us. Well, welcome everyone um, out there, of course, to this panel on evolution of German ship uh, bank finance, but uh, most of all, very welcome to these uh, gentlemen here um, who probably represent the leaders in uh, German ship finance these days. So um, just uh, very briefly, if each one of you could probably give a short introduction of himself, um, Philip Wünschmann, We'll start with you, with Bernberg. Um, sorry, you're still on mute. So um, maybe we'll start then with Marco, with Eka, and uh, we'll go back to Bernberg last then. Okay, sure. Um, happy to jump in. Um, thank you very much, uh, Caroline. Uh, hello, everyone. Um, yeah, uh, my name is Marco Albers. I'm uh, actually in ship finance now for 17 years uh, when I started first with KFW in 2004 and uh, thereafter heading the shipping team of ING in Amsterdam. Since uh, 2011, I'm uh, um, overall responsible for the origination of uh, specialized lending in DECA. So that includes uh, um, infrastructure project finance, uh, public uh, export trade finance, but also transport finance, i.e. aviation rail and uh, shipping. Um, yeah, uh, shipping at uh, DECA, uh, DECA is certainly not one of the largest uh, shipping lenders. Um, and um, we are actually also not aiming for it. So we don't want to fill maybe uh, any gaps uh, which which have been uh, which came up uh, from from uh, exiting banks um, marco, if I may just, marco if i just may interrupt and um, if we just go on with a short introduction um, of everyone of course um, so sure. uh, Elias, if you can just uh, say who you represent and what your position is within deutsche hey everyone good afternoon guten tag this is Elias katsoulis from deutsche bank um I'm responsible for our maritime lending activities at Deutsche Bank. Um, um, and I'll, I'll tell you all about DB later on. Thank you, Jan Philipp. Thank you, uh, Caroline. I'm Jan Philipp Rohr, the global head of shipping for Hamburg Commercial Bank, um, most likely better known as formerly HSH. And uh, more to Hamburg Commercial Bank in, in a minute. Sebastian? Thanks for having me, Caroline, and also then uh, Capital Link. My name is Sebastian Blum. I'm heading one of two origination teams at KFW IPEX Bank, uh, covering commercial shipping, and uh, then uh, Western Europe, uh, the Americas, and Asia, uh, with my team in Frankfurt and in several other points uh, on offices we have around the globe. And yeah, 
happy to, to give some more details later. Thank you. Jens? You're still on mute, Jens. Jens, you're still muted. Philip, maybe we can continue with Bernberg then because you're not mute right now. Here I am, I think. Okay. I should be, sorry. <laughs> um, yes, good afternoon to everybody and thank you for the kind invitation. My name is Jens Dose. I'm Joint Head of Shipping of MM Warburg. Um, I've been here since 2016 heading uh, the shipping activities together with my partner, Christian Speer. Um, before that, I was close to 20 years with another uh, uh, shipping bank in Hamburg. And uh, so all in all, almost 25 years in shipping and ship finance. Thank Happy you. To join and uh, Philip Wünschmann, I hope we can hear you now. Hello, Caroline. Okay, that's nice, and uh, thank you for organizing this, uh, Nicolas, also to you. Uh, Philipp Wünschmann, uh, six years with Berenberg, uh, 20 years of shipping has been my life, uh, ship finance and, and, and shipping. Thank you. Thank you. Now, um, the topic of this panel is the evolution in uh, German ship bank finance. And uh, in this course, we want to talk about uh, the trends in uh, bank finance, but also in finance, ship finance as such. So we'll talk about alternative financiers will operating or competing with you. We'll talk about regulatory challenges you're facing. Um, we'll talk, of course, about ESG, which has been the topic or, or uh, subject to, I think, most of the panels today already from different angles. Um, and of course, uh, before we want to look all into all these, um, we want to learn a little bit about what you actually do. Um, so the German ship finance market has changed uh, immensely over the past years. I think we all know that. Um, when I started uh, working in this uh, industry in 2006, uh, we had uh, probably the peak of uh, ship finance um, in the past. 10 years we've seen, or a little bit more, we've seen a banking crisis, we've seen a shipping crisis, we've seen the loan portfolio of the German banks for shipping uh, going down to 25% of what was out there um, in 2010. Um, we have seen many banks exiting the ship finance market as such. We have seen others shifting their focus. We have seen changes in shareholders and banks. Um, so we've seen all sorts of changes. And um, probably to start off with you, Jan Philip, because I think, I mean, you already mentioned HCOP was probably better known than as HSH before. Um, and HSH was somehow in the middle of all of this, probably. So um, it would be great to learn where you stand now. And um, yeah, the floor is yours. Thank you very much. Um, as indicated, um, everybody knows us, I think, out of the past as HSH Nordbank, one of the biggest shipping lenders at that time in 2007, with a um, shipping book of over 45 billion uh, euros. Uh, today, uh, we still have a shipping book of 4.5 billion. Uh, the balance sheet of the bank is much smaller, so we still feel uh, that uh, a good uh, shipping business is uh, part of our bank. Over the last three years, we have done approximately a billion of new business uh, each year. Um, our focus is mainly uh, to lend to direct to, to, to the shop owners. 
uh, within the three core markets, container, dry bag, and tanker. Um, also for uh, this year, we, we considered to make a new business of 1.25 billion euros. And we see good opportunities in the current market environment. And uh, due to the healthy conditions within the container market, um, uh, they, I think all the ship owners which are invested in that uh, market at the moment have uh, very good times and uh, very good years to come. Um, as indicated, uh, we, we have new shareholders since the privatization. So um, we are now owned by private equity firms, mainly uh, Cerberus and uh, JC Flowers. Uh, I can only say um, it's a pleasure to have them on board. Um, they are very supportive also for shipping. So um, uh, I can say it was a long journey, the prioritization, but we are happy now to be here and to be part of the shipping industry in Germany. Thank you. Um, so um, Jens, I think you've been, or Warburg rather than you, um, have been standing on the sideline of uh, the ship finance situation for a few years now, and uh, you're about to be back. And uh, so please uh, just let us know on how you have redefined your focus. Who will you be financing? Who is out there who should come to you? Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Karin. Um, I think the, the fact that uh, I have the pleasure of representing Warburg on this panel today is already um, a sign that we are somehow back. Um, you mentioned that a lot of banks have gone out of the market uh, over the past couple of years. Um, Warburg has a bit of a DNA in shipping. Um, they have been in shipping for decades. Uh, the owners and the shareholders are even ship owners uh, themselves. So uh, they have a strong appetite for that. And uh, when I joined this bank in 2016 with a little team, uh, we kind of reinvented uh, shipping. It was a bit like, uh, like a sleeping beauty uh, in the old days, concentrating on the domestic market. Since then, since 2016, we have uh, refurbished a little bit our approach. So we are nowadays back in the international markets. Uh, we are... We have a completely different approach to ship finance as well as to services for the shipping industry. Um, we are these days concentrating on uh, uh, very healthy and low risk ship financings which are out there in the market. So it's not a big issue for large companies to get finance everywhere they go. But uh, there is a big niche for smaller tickets between three to $25 million. There is a big niche um, which is left for the small and medium-sized ship owners. And that's what we love to deal with. So we are not playing in the big markets. We are not a competitor to the big guys in the industry. You will not find us in big statistics. But uh, we have been able to grow a very healthy portfolio over the last uh, uh, couple of years. We will further grow this during the next years to come, and we will also um, strengthen our cooperation with institutional investors um, who we have next to us in order to grow the business stronger than we can do it with our own balance sheet. So we have investors, institutional investors from the German market who like our conservative approach of financing risk-averse, low-profile. Okay, thank you. Um, it's something that has come up um, in, the, in the previous panels also that bank finance um, 
has probably become or ship, ship finance and um, bank finance and shipping, sorry, has probably become more international than it used to be um, in a way so that uh, German owners are probably looking rather for finance um, from abroad, um, as well as Jens, you just pointed out the other way that um, you're also looking um, to, uh, to international clients. Elias, um, Deutsche is hiding their ship finance portfolio from London and um, you're does that in, in, in any way underline your global approach to this? Or um, is that just by coincidence uh, that you're uh, located in London? And... Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Caroline. Um, yes, I, I am indeed based in London, but you know, these days with technology, I'm also everywhere. I'm in Germany, I'm in uh, everywhere in the world. Um, we, we are a global bank, that's the reality. We have people um, across the world uh, we also have dedicated people in Germany, in Hamburg, in Frankfurt. Uh, we have people in New York, people that have been experienced in SIM financing and have been doing SIM financing for a long time. And I encourage people to you know, contact, uh, if, if you don't know the, the, the local people in Germany, to, to contact them. Um, so we have a strong legacy in shipping. We've been doing shipping, ship lending for, for many decades, well before I became involved in, in this business. Um, some of those people are, uh, that have been doing it for a while are still with the bank. Um, Deutsche Bank's offering is uh, a bit, um, I would say, a bit broad. Um, we, we are able to, to help clients in the sector, both in the traditional ship lending space, uh, where we are still active, uh, as well as the more complex, uh, more complex products. And I'm not just talking about uh, non-lending, I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on lending in, in this panel. Clearly Deutsche Bank as a whole has uh, multiple capabilities through our investment banking side as well and our capital markets side. But, um, you know, we are, um, you know, we are open for business. We, we are a growth business within, within Deutsche Bank in terms of ship lending. Um, we, um, we support uh, existing clients, but we're all also open to, to meet and, and support uh, new clients. Our offering is not focused on a um, particular sub-asset class in shipping. It, it's more down to the transaction itself, the, the credit merits of a transaction. So we have recently done, for example, transactions in, in niche asset classes. Um, we've also financed um, uh, um, alternative financing providers. Uh, so our, our offering is, is supporting both institutionals as well as corporate, uh, you know, corporates, shipping companies. And Germany clearly is one of our, um, you know, is our home market, is a market where we, you know, we are present, as uh, I said before, with people on the ground, and one of the markets that we want to grow from a ship lending perspective. Okay, thank you. Um, that you mentioned that you're refinancing um, alternative financiers also, and um, I understood from our previous uh, discussions, Marco, that um, DECA is, um, well, although everyone knows that DECA has a strong link to Sparkassen and uh, DECA is very much active internationally and DECA is also active, uh, I understand, in refinancing, for example, Chinese leasing structures and uh, alternative finance structures, so to say. So can you... Let us know a little bit about that trend. Um, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, it is. It's part of uh, uh, yeah certain uh, transition also within uh, Deka Bank. 
that we uh, um, change the strategy from uh, um, yeah uh, all time uh, uh, ship finance uh, um, also kg finance uh, until uh, 2008 obviously we changed the strategy very clear towards um, full recourse uh, focus so that we uh, targeting um, the tier one shipping names uh, on one side and uh, uh, around uh, three years ago, uh, we uh, decided to focus also more on uh, the Chinese leasing companies. Um, for us, it's a quite interesting um, uh, structure and, and, and business model to, to work with. Um, actually, we have uh, quite good experience already from the aviation segment, where actually quite similar structures have been in place already for a few years longer. And uh, based on that experience, uh, um, we uh, um, uh, adopted that also for the shipping uh, activities. So basically um, what's behind this uh, idea is that you get a additional risk layer with a Chinese leasing company. Um, first of all, I mean, uh, instead of uh, a shipping company, you have as a borrowing base, um, a, a Chinese uh, leasing company which is uh, usually also been backed uh, by the Chinese bank behind. So if you look at the larger uh, organizations, you talk about ICBC, BOCOM and, and the likes. And um, we have the opportunity or we, we found a, a regulatory uh, way to um, apply the Chinese rating to the transaction. So basically you swap the shipping company rating against the uh, Chinese bank rating, which obviously very much improves the underlying economics. Um, and then, um, of, of course, you also look at the uh, project uh, behind uh, the Chinese leasing structure. So the project itself has to stand on its own. Um, it has to be a sound and strong company. The cash flows has to have to work. And if you put all that together, you have, as I said, a couple of risk layers. You have the full recourse to the to the Chinese leasing company, which is banked by the group bank, backed by the group bank. Then you have a bearable charter with a shipping company, usually even a time charter behind. And then of course, all been uh, mortgaged by first rank uh, security. So overall, it's a very uh, solid project in our view. But with that, obviously um, the margins are on quite different levels. Um, so uh, um, here we don't speak about uh, margins uh, of uh, 200, uh, uh, 200 plus, but rather 100, uh, uh, around 100 basis points. So it's a very tight uh, margin level due to the good underlying risk. How would you source those um, projects? Would you source them, uh, would those be sourced really um, through the German market and then taking on board the Chinese leasing partners or would um, it rather be a coincidence if you have a German owner who is eventually financed under that structure? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it would be indeed more a coincidence. Um, I mean, there are uh, some German ship owners uh, we speak, speak about and if they uh, inform us uh, that they may uh, reach out to Chinese leasing uh, uh, structures um, they say, look, uh, maybe we can bring this together because for us, it would, would be good to know that uh, a bank I know I, uh, I, I work with um, uh, would be behind just in case, you know, there are some uh, waivers or other issues uh, so that uh, maybe not a problem uh, uh, involved uh, with a bank, I don't know. But 
in principle, uh, it works that uh, the Chinese uh, um, uh, execute uh, the project with a shipping company and then actually only a little later reach out to banks uh, for refinancing. So it's a bit more of a passive uh, uh, um, involvement. Um, but of course, I mean, uh, if, if we see projects which involve uh, clients that we have already uh, in our portfolio, um, it is uh, no problem to speak uh, to the shipping company to inform them um, that uh, we are backing them indirectly through this uh, Chinese leasing structure. Okay, that's interesting. Um, Sebastian, you're uh, probably, you have financed back completely different. Um, you work a lot with ECA backed um, finance structures. Um, so maybe you can tell us a little bit about that and uh, what sort of projects you're actually supporting right now. Oh, sure. Um, so as the background of KFW, as uh, is known to most of you, so it's the, the German government bank and KFW IPEX bank is the commercial arm. So we're coming from the export and project finance field and uh, um, we're active in shipping for also more than 40 years. And uh, at the beginning, it was more like supporting the German export industry from the yard side. So uh, um, working with the German ECA mostly then on, on ships built in Germany, that's still something we do very successfully. And uh, it's still 50% of our portfolio is, uh, is cruise ships. Um, so that's still something which is very important for the German uh, maritime cluster. Um, but we also support other uh, um, European and German uh, equipment suppliers by financing ships built in Asia, but based on the, on the European and German content. That's why we're also working with other uh, European, but also Asian ECAs. Um, and then the clients we target, uh, they have to have a, a good uh, and solid uh, balance sheet, um, uh, a valid business model. And we're focused on new builds, uh, um, especially uh, because of this uh, export background. Uh, we also do retrofits and we also interact very closely with the, with the German Shipbuilding Association. We have a joint uh, uh, yeah, a venture which is called GMAX, uh, where we also try to then maximize the German package in ships built in Asia. So that's, that's our, uh, let's say, focus. And, and we try to finance with a long-term approach over the cycle. And that has been proven to be a good thing. Also during the, the shipping crisis, our portfolio is currently standing at 14 billion euros. We did around 1.4 billion of, fin of new financings last year. That's maybe a billion less than normally because you know, new uh, cruise ships haven't been ordered, which uh, you can imagine. Um, but uh, commercial shipping was quite quite good and strong last year. So yeah, that's that's what we normally do. Okay, thank you, um, Philip uh, Wünschmann. I think you have to unmute yourself before you um, speak. I think um, because you had been muted by. Uh, kept the link. Can you unmute? Okay. Then um, could the technical support probably unmute Philip again? Because um, Philip, uh, your bank has been working with uh, completely different structures in the background um, for a few years now and has uh, a lot of experience with um, institutional investors in particular. Um, so it would be great to hear something about that. Amy, Amy, could you please unmute him? Philip has to unmute from his side. Philip, I'm No, oh. Philip, are you now? Philip is unmuted. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, now we can hear you, thank you. Okay. Good, no, thank you. Um, 
I think we, we have already agreed here that the decade of uh, debt restructuring is over. And I think it's good today to see a German panel of banks uh, speaking about the future. Yeah? It has kind of normalized. And uh, I think 2020 was a very important year in that respect because we didn't produce new bad headlines. And um, it was a kind of proof of concept for the outside world to see that shipping is something worth looking at again. And this is something, um, as you rightly pointed out, we very much work with investors, institutional capital from German uh, sources. And um, we do this since four or five years. We started with secondary loans when the opportunity was there. We then uh, educated them into primary loans for ship owners in Germany, in Greece, uh, somewhere else in the world. And um, uh, last but not least, uh, we also figured out that teaming up between the alternative lenders, so between the maritime debt funds and uh, the more traditional financing houses like, like ourselves, makes a lot of sense. And uh, maybe this, uh, as Marco puts it for the Chinese leasing, uh, the same goes for the alternative lenders. You know, they are backed by traditional finance, uh, which is kind of uh, helping them to achieve their return by giving them some kind of super senior or senior back leverage. And this is something we, we started to do in 2019, and we also did last year. And um, I think it makes very much sense because it also helps the owners to uh, bridge the gap, which is which might be still there on the equity side. So if you have a traditional 50% lending um, uh, and a 20% equity, uh, then the 30% might be offered by that kind of alternative lender who does in the background. And I think that's something where there's real value uh, in it and where maybe the German banks are uh, um, see a way forward to also to play a role for, 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 for the industry. Okay, um, I think this, um, the alternative lenders bridging that gap, um, so in a way cooperating um, with the traditional lenders um, in order to support projects. Um, on the other hand, um, I, Elias, I understand you're supporting um, projects with alternative lenders as Mezzanine, um, or give, supporting me mezzanine finance, junior loans, uh, and so forth. Um, would you see alternative lenders there as cooperating partners, or rather also competitors in a way? And probably not so much for Deutsche Bank competitors, but competitors to other banks you see in the market? I mean, um, direct lenders. Maritime funds are, are now um, part of the uh, uh, you know, funding landscape for, for shipping. They, are, um, they, they, they do um, they have a very important role to play, and 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 I think um, um, they're generally composed of very experienced people that have been doing shipping for for a long time. So they are not speculators. So they they are not just there to uh, uh, temporarily take advantage of um, the, the current market. Um, uh, but the reality is that there is a gap left by uh, by banks. Um, uh, you know, banks kind of tend to focus these days to kind of higher credit quality counterparties, bigger transactions. Um, 
modern vessels and so on. So th there is a real gap and a real need for, for, for direct lenders to uh, stay in the industry and, and participate in the industry. For us, they are, um, um, as, as a bank, they are, um, you know, we see them in the market as uh, in, in transactions where we can support them um, through kind of financing them. Uh, we can, you know, do deals with uh, direct lending funds uh, together as well. Um, so we, we don't necessarily see direct lending funds as competitors. We are uh, predominantly uh, kind of uh, competing in the senior secured space. Uh, but as I said before, our product base is slightly more di diverse than a traditional bank. And we have the capability of, of doing uh, kind of um, more complex structures or um, being uh, participants in some of the structures that direct lending funds uh, in some occasions do do. do. Okay. So I think overall, I think that, you know that they are it's they are they are here to stay and, and they are an important part of the infrastructure. Yes, and they certainly are. And uh, Jens, you mentioned before that um, your uh, focus is really also to actually involve alternative lenders or institutional in um, investors. Um, do you have a certain focus on on kind of investor you are looking? Um, well, our focus is uh, so far very much on German institutional investors, um, pension funds, uh, whatever is there. Uh, and we have done a number of transactions also recently again, and uh, we are in discussions currently to, to further increase this. We see due to the interest rate environment, uh, which we have, that there is um, a high need for any kind of asset-backed investments on, on these sites. And uh, shipping is certainly an area which is has become uh, into the focus and which is uh, becoming more and more important for these uh, investors. So uh, touch wood, yes, um, that's very much important. It's though um, a matter of fact that these people need um, kind of a debt asset manager. So they need somebody in the background um, who is selecting the deal, who is structuring the deal, who is doing all the risk management and everything. So they need a debt asset manager, industry expertise uh, and a track record uh, to manage these assets. And uh, this is our offering. Um, so for us, this is a, a perfect approach. We are in the middle of two client groups, institutional investors on the one side, which we have a lot uh, and where we are have a play a strong role in the German market and the shipping community, um, which is is our uh, hard field anyway. Okay, okay, that's interesting. Um, now, if we move a little on um, to the challenges of uh, what is out there from a regulatory side. Um, I mean, all of the banks are aware of the uh, Basel four criteria that are out there and are about to, uh, well, uh, step by step come into force and um, affect all of you and uh, the finance market. Um, Elias, I um, heard that um, the city head of uh, shipping, Michael Parker, actually said that, well, if Basel IV would in fact come into force um, the way it, uh, it was proposed, it would kill shipping. Um, can you underwrite that or are your views a little different on that? 
Uh, yeah, th thanks, Carolina. I think you know um, the implementation of Basel for when it when it comes uh, in place um, will clearly affect the uh, the determination of, of capital requirements uh, for banks. So it, it will make um, it will make a difference, um, you know, from a banker's point of view. Uh, I think, though, um, that shipping industry is an industry has, that, that um, has gone um, much worse uh, change before, and uh, we'll, we'll again find a way around around this issue as well. We, we don't know exactly how uh, you know what the final impact will be, you know what the pricing impact will be, um, how the market will adjust. But banks are good in 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 um, in making sure of uh, you know looking ahead basically when it comes to those type of regulatory changes and you know for example we've seen banks in the last few years as we were saying before focus a bit more on on uh, on, on larger clients therefore leaving a bit of a gap for alternative financing providers um, so all that stuff are linked are linked together so I think bottom line is in in, in my view is the market you know banks will will stay available to to finance the shipping industry going forward irrespective of kind of uh, that type of new kind of regulatory change coming through okay so the bottom line is um shipping is um always able to adapt in a way to volatile markets wherever the volatility comes in um now what we already get through the q a section here in the uh, in the with the conference provider is um, why aren't we talking about environmental issues? What about uh, Poseidon principles? What about um, ESG? And um, this is exactly what we were about to come now. Um, and this is, uh, well, partly regulatory, regulatory because um, all of us know about uh, the EU Commission's Green Deal and um, what comes out of that, the taxonomy um, that has been issued, um, the guidance to the taxonomy that is under discussion. Um, we have uh, the central banks signing up to uh, green principles for refinancing and all that sort of thing. Um, Marco, how is DECA addressing ESG issues um, in your ship finance? Are you looking at sustainability issues? Are you looking for green lending? Um, what is your what is your focus here and how do you, what do you impose on the, on the borrower side? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, first of all, I mean, uh, shipping or uh, green shipping principles are uh, a part of our DECA bank overall sustainability corporate governance. Uh, something as uh, one of the large uh, German asset managers, we uh, implemented already uh, about eight years ago to comply with requirements from institutional investors from our asset management activities. Um, on the shipping side, um, we, well, we have not signed up for the uh, Poseidon principles, um, but we uh, uh, implemented our own specific shipping ESG principles uh, um, around four years ago. So yeah, these principles are voluntary self-regulatory uh, commitment uh, and, and it's a part of our risk policy. So uh, in these principles, we include uh, um, yeah, uh, all the compliance with uh, IMO, ILO, uh, IX, uh, um, um, yeah, only payers, uh, MU, uh, MOU uh, uh, members, uh, um, Hong Kong Convention. Um, but also 
um, we focus in these uh, principles. We have uh, a clear focus on uh, um, financing energy efficient vessels. I think that's a very major part uh, in it. Um, but we also uh, uh, focus on financing uh, um, vessels uh, or, or um, retrofitting, uh, slow steaming uh, vessels designed for uh, um, re reduction of CO2 emissions. Um, yeah, uh, if you compare that with the Poseidon principles, um, um, we actually also have uh, set up our own measurement uh, uh, to yeah to measure the carbon footprint uh, of our shipping portfolio we decided here to use the eedi uh, as as uh, the, the the index so the energy efficiency design index um, and uh, with that um, we are able um, uh, to control our shipping portfolio um, uh, over the time um, is in parallel, hmm? sorry to interrupt, but is this an hmm. internal controlling or, I mean, one important thing about the Poseidon principles, of course, the reporting part, right? Yeah, no, I mean, of course, uh, we need the data uh, from our clients, uh, similar to uh, how the Poseidon principles uh, will work. So in, if, if you um, uh, uh, execute uh, new loans, uh, um, you will have a, an additional clause asking for this transparency given by the uh, um, uh, ship owner. Um, besides that, the EEDI uh, 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 technical data, you can also uh, um, get from, from external sources. We are also teamed up with uh, uh, maritime advisors here, uh, best ship in uh, Hamburg, who will uh, support us in, in all these uh, assessments. Um, but, uh, what I wanted to say in this respect is um, why well, EDI and, and uh, measuring the uh, um, shipping portfolio is one part, um, but then also uh, going forward as a further development, uh, we uh, um, introduce a so-called ESG scorecard system, which goes beyond the pure uh, green shipping measurement, um, because here it includes also the S and the G, so the social and the governance uh, aspects. Um, and uh, bottom line, as a result, um, if we arrange new deals today, um, yeah, this scorecard has actually to be on green. Otherwise, we would not be able to do uh, um, the loan. So it's not only okay, so it's really it's, about the ability to do the loan and not so much about pricing um, or other mechanics. Yeah, well, pricing obviously is also uh, uh, one part of a credit uh, decision and uh, the quality of, of the ship, shipping company. Um, but if even if you take all the boxes of a perfect shipping deal, if the scorecard result is not green and does not tick the ESG criterias, we will not do it. Okay. Um, Philip Wünschmann, I think um, you again need to unmute yourself, unfortunately. Um, given your experience with your um, with the investors uh, you cooperate with, um, would you say that they, as in capital, is actually driving ESG or probably also predominantly the E as in ESG as the environmental part? Can you unmute yourself? I learned, unfortunately, from the organizers that they can't unmute yourself. Unmute you. Oh, 
Okay, then I might hand over to Sebastian. Um, Sebastian, you mentioned before that you're... Um, like, ah, now Philip is there. Yeah, okay, sorry. There, there seems to be some overlap here. I'm sorry for that. Um, no, I think Marco um, uh, has said a lot of things, uh, which also goes for Bernberg. I think ESG today is, is a mainstream topic um, and uh, is, is already implemented in the, in the wider bank, also with Bernberg, since it's quite some years. The question is, how do our investors look at this topic? And uh, the unfortunate answer is that the starting point is very negative because uh, I have to say that, that the, the Greta Thunbergs and, and, and all this movement has, has created uh, an atmosphere where the blue ocean is, uh, is, uh, um, is becoming dirty by, by the shipping, dirty shipping industry. And I think this is a, the mainstream um, uh, perspective which many people from the outside have. And I think the shipping industry has to start a big marketing activity to convince and to tell people that, that the transport of goods throughout the seas is still the most CO2 uh, efficient way to transport goods. There's no other mean today. So um, this is the starting point of any discussion. Many investors today uh, just start to report on their uh, um, um, portfolios and they start asking questions. So I would underline what Marco said, uh, we will require more data from, from our clients uh, as a first step. And uh, also we have developed a few uh, categories, key KPIs, and also are working on a, on a kind of a rating system here uh, to put this in place. But uh, for now, it is only the starting point. And I guess that uh, 2023 uh, in the EU, EU will be in, uh, a very important year uh, because then measures become more a commitment from everybody. And uh, I think this is, uh, let's say, the way we talk about. And as we define in secondhand tonnage, uh, we and still want to do this because we think this is, this is compliant with uh, the sustainability. Uh, we have to convince people that, that this is something which still is a better solution than, than many others which are available today. Okay. Um, Sebastian. KFW is or KFW IPEX is um, financing um, a lot of um, ECA structures, and how does that also work or tie in with the idea of green shipping and green loans? Um, would you just look at new builds, um, and in how far can you actually assess what is going to going to be green within ten years' time? Because at the moment, I mean, we don't have any transitional period um, under the taxonomy. Or would you rather look at short-term finance of retrofits as green projects? Um, I think uh, to, to attain the objectives uh, which have been set now and which hopefully uh, get a bit more ambitious in the future, uh, you need both. So you have to look at the, at the existing fleet. As uh, Philip rightly pointed out, um, you, will, you can't replace the fleet from one day to the other. So I think retrofits are playing an important role. I think the numbers are about that. 10 to 25 percent uh, of efficiency can be gained by different measures. That's a new propeller that's doing a lot of other things that can be wind solutions, which Oldendorf and others are testing now. So I think there's a big, uh, let's say, opportunity, and especially then for European suppliers to come up with smart solutions. 
And then we have to finance them with also, uh, once again, smart solutions. And then ECA can play a role here. So first of all, we did this already. I think we closed around 700 million of retrofit financing in the last three years for scrubbers, but also for propellers, better water treatment systems, and so on. And it, it are, uh, there is, it's oil Hermes covered, it's Kia covered. There's some um, uh, Asian ECAs as well. Uh, which are interested in doing this. So we just have to find the right way then to put it into the uh, um, balance sheet of the, of the ship owner. Um, sometimes with unencumbered vessels, sometimes you can do it uh, also without any, um, uh, let's say, uh, other security. So I think that's important for us. And we do this, that's normally three to five years, maybe, um, uh, retrofit financing. And then we go, go on with our traditional ECA financings, uh, where we where we use the, uh, yeah, the usual suspects um, um, in, in Asia and in Europe. That's normally the 12 year down to zero financing. Sometimes you have a commercial tranche on it. Um, and it, in this case, the ECA uh, um, protects you as well uh, from the technology risk because uh, at the end, um, uh, you're going to a new propulsion. We finance, for example, the CMA LNG vessels. We got a huge discount on the vessels when we talked to our security guys because they said there's no market for this vessel and uh, we don't even know whether there will be this, the right infrastructure. And uh, now we see others are moving in this direction as well. It's, uh, so, so now it is kind of a proven concept. And then the ECA guarantee gives you a lot of comfort uh, when it comes to, to pricing and your risk assessment. So I think it's a, it's a very good combination, uh, especially for, for new technologies to, to use this. Yeah, so there is really still, uh, there is a risk out there in financing new technologies without that security mm -hmm. and um, even more so without any transitional peer, um, uh, regime under the taxonomy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And Philip, Jan Philip, um, I think HCOP has uh, not signed up for Poseidon, but you have signed up for the ship recycling standards. Um, as one of the private initiatives um, of lenders out there, and would you actually think that that sort of private initiative is um, enough in that respect to promote ESG in finance or the E in ESG in finance? Or would you say the regulation that goes with, for example, the taxonomy or other instruments um, is required um, because it would also um, serve the acceptance in um, on the borrower's side. Um, I think, yes, we just have joined in December last year um, the RSRS standards, uh, meaning that um, due to the fact that we have focused over the last uh, years most likely on secondhand tonnage, uh, due to the fact that the new building um, tonnage was uh, most likely not within the banking market, more on the leasing side. Uh, so, um, there's, there were no room, at least for us, uh, to participate um, in, in that financing to, to uh, improve the um, um, age of our portfolio. So we have now reached an age of 11 years in our portfolio. And therefore, we think it's also a part, only a part, to, to focus uh, what are uh, the standards for recycling of ships. And um, we think it's... Uh, it's the first step 
uh, it's part of our ESG strategy, uh, but it's not the only part of the ESG strategy. So we will also focus how uh, ship owners can improve um, the CO2 emission within the portfolio due to the fact that it's also part of sustainability to run the vessels not only until they reach 12 years or 13 years, um, because uh, we also have to consider to build a vessel will also consume quite a lot of uh, CO2 emission. So um, it's rather to, to consider how you can improve um, the existing uh, CO2 emission uh, via retrofit, um, via uh, reducing speed, slow steaming, uh, different fuels, uh, better fuels. And uh, we want to be part of that. Uh, so if I look into the future, uh, she has uh, developed quite uh, quickly uh, to be very important for everybody, uh, not only for ship owners, so not only for banks, but also for our investors who are investing into the bank, meaning on, on the bond side as well on the um, um, equity side. So um, it's just a starting point, I think, for all of us uh, within the industry. But I also take the point from Philip uh, Winchmann, um, shipping is the most efficient uh, way to transport goods uh, and um, uh, shipping industry don't have to be shy uh, to, to promote this part because uh, we are all living in a globalization and it's the major part of the industry at the moment. Okay, thank you. Um, we're now coming to the final call and um, we have to combine two issues here now and because we're running out of time. Um, so that is COVID-19. The impact of COVID-19, where we see um, the European Banking Authority to expect a huge amount of NPLs. At the same time, HAPAC announcing an increase in its EBIT um, for 2020, that is immense. And um, so what is your expectation for 2021, considering the COVID-19 situation? Um, Philip Wünschmann, if you can start very quickly, very briefly, just very few words, please. Okay, now, I think uh, you, you see us uh, quite excited uh, for this year. And as I, as I said, with this proof of concept year 2020 in the background and, and a, a lot of good news from the MERS, from the Harpax of the world in the second, the second half and up until now, from the tanker side, obviously, more in the first half of last year, but uh, and now a bit uh, in the negative, uh, we expect this to remain for a while. Um, but for bulk and uh, containers, we are uh, uh, quite positive for this year because we expect if uh, the, the world economy starts to regain power, then uh, we will see, first of all, more production. And secondly, don't forget the big uh, consumer savings, which are in the world. and. Uh, if you see just one example, the US have saved 10% more than the years before. So then this will also be uh, lead to transport uh, over the sea. So we are positive. Yeah. Thank you, Philip. Um, we're really running out of time. I'm sorry to interrupt. Jan Philip, what is your... Uh, I, I fully agree to the points from Philip. Um, I think a good year is coming for, for the shipping industry. It might be difficult for the crews. Uh, until they restart the business as well for offshore, but for the three core assets, uh, container, dry bag and tankers, we see uh, good market conditions. Well, thank you. That's a wonderful uh, end to see uh, good market conditions. I hope none of the others would have objected. 
And uh, Nicholas, thank you very much for hosting us. Thank you to Kevin Link. Thank you also from our side. Why has it been a thank pleasure? Very much. Yeah, I, I forgot to unmute myself. I was saying thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> it's been a great uh, privilege to have everyone on board. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you, thank bye you bye very much. much.